What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for checking it out. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, saying a few nice words. You give the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts. And uh, it will help strangers find the podcast. It will uh, give it more national and international visibility. And uh, yeah, that will that will just be a direct contribution to the sustainability of this thing. And uh, just help the people that come on the show gain more exposure for their art or their stories and what have you. So if you've got the extra minutes, it only takes a few. It only takes a few minutes. It's a free way to support. All these episodes are free. And I uh, appreciate the hell out of all the people that have already taken the time to do so. There's over 100 reviews over there on the iTunes. So that's really dope. I think the uh, the next goal has got to be 200 now that there's 100 of them up there. So uh, like I said, it only takes a, a few, few minutes and uh, highly appreciated and cannot stress the importance of... Uh, leaving those reviews and, and subscribing there so that uh, the new episode just hits your feed as soon as it's ready on Friday. It immediately pops right into there. You don't have to worry about going to find it every week. And uh, you can check out dancablepresents.com, the central location to find everything going on, including that new episode. And uh, there's a Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which features a bunch of in-studio performances and live show performances, a short documentary that I put out a couple years ago, I guess now. And uh, all those things are up there. And you can hit subscribe there as well so that you know when the fresh videos hit the feed. Most recent videos are some live Doug for videos from uh, Strange Hotels and Autonomics. And there are some gold Casio ones on the way. We're working on the mixes of those. So I'm excited to, uh, to put those out into... Uh, into the world we got episode 178 is what you have tuned into and jay graves on the show killer band from here in portland oregon and uh i sat down with jessa graves who is uh the mind behind all of this music and um had a a killer chat with jessa always fun to uh for for this to be my first encounter with somebody is to sit down and uh, put a microphone in front of their face and, and have a conversation with them. It's always a, a cool way to uh, get, uh, get to know somebody. And I have been emailing back and forth with Jessa, I feel like, for the last nine months in regards to shows or just finding out when this, this record was going to drop uh, to set up one of these podcasts. So it was nice to, to finally meet her in the flesh and uh, we talked about the band's new record that comes out on September 13th. Next week, Marathon will be 
available on all the streaming services. There's going to be a vinyl of it, too, so that's going to be rad. And uh, Jessa was kind enough to hook me up with one of the test pressings of those, so that was cool to leave with a little uh, little token from our, our conversation. And um, it's cool. I, I, I like collecting records, but it's been very cool to kind of uh, see my local Portland record collection grow or just the amount of bands uh, that have been on the podcast that have vinyl and, and that kind of section of my record collection is is something that uh, is significant to me now. It's it's um, definitely cool, cool, uh, cool tokens. Like I was saying, of of kind of these uh, these episodes of the podcasts, and uh, and it just keeps growing, which is cool. The collection of vinyl records of, in that area just continues to. Uh, to increase so it's it's uh it's a very cool thing and uh getting to hang with with jessa and talk jay graves and and uh her her musical journey thus far was uh was great and uh the tunes are killer and we're gonna get into that we're gonna get into episode 178 with uh jay graves i do want to shout out a couple of calendar dates and one involves Jay Graves' album release show for this, and that's on September 14th at the High Water Mark. And uh, that's presented by Vortex Music Magazine, which is dope because uh, Vortex is a big supporter of this podcast, and um, it's also something I contribute to fairly regularly as far as content. And I release a lot of my my videos that, that I produce through Vortex and and do some uh, some writing for them here and there and and Chris has just always been a big uh, big supporter of this thing since I got it going and I always appreciate him and uh, yeah this is gonna be a real banger of a show so September fourteenth is the album release show for uh, the Jay Graves Marathon record which drops on September thirteenth and then uh, some other dates. To keep in mind, there's a really cool Brother Not Brother show going on at the Kennedy School on September 19th, and uh, that's a free show over there at the Kennedy School. They're going to be playing from 7 to 9, and um, and then they're also playing on the 27th at Kelly's Olympian with uh, the Jack Maybe Project, and that's going to be killer. And also the 28th Street Block Party. That is going on this weekend. If you're listening to this on release day, there's a really cool block party going on September 7th that is uh, being thrown by Those Willows, who is such an amazing band, and, and I'm definitely going to have them on the podcast when uh, when their new record drops. And we've, uh, I feel like we've been trying to do this thing for a while, but we, uh, we have deferred until it's a cool time for it to happen. But they're one of my favorite bands in town and, and just always blow me away. And they're throwing this party. It's the 28th Avenue block party, September 7th. It's 8 p.m. It's free and uh, killer lineup. It's uh, Cleo and Brother Not Brother, Mind Parade, Corgi and Bass, former guests of the podcast and, uh, and future guests as well. I know that I'm going to have them on here before the end of the year again. Stoked to hang out with those dudes. 
I saw Alex Meltzer throw the nastiest beat set down the, the other night, and uh, that blew my mind. But Corgi and bass and, uh, and those willows. So that's going to be really dope. There's going to be food carts, and, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be wild. So um, I would highly recommend checking that out if you're listening to this on, on the weekend that it's being released. So that's September 7th, the uh, 28th Avenue Block Party. And, uh, and that's what's going down. Those are the, uh, the calendar dates, all the things that are happening. Follow me on Instagram at Dan Cable Presents, where I uh, often am shouting out local shows and things of that nature and things going on at the library where I book music here in Portland and uh, just want to say uh, just my apologies for um, for some of the shows that we've had to make adjustments on or cancel at the library recently due to the, the incident that took place out in front of that property. Something that did not even happen on the premises has... Uh, has affected the whole thing. If you listened last week to my uh, my monologue about about the uh, the Portland event that went on with the man with the MAGA hat and and all the bullshit, if you listen to that, um, a, something that happened because of that is is uh, things have been pretty much temporarily suspended from the library. Ha, um, things happening there and, and the bands have been great about moving the shows out to the patio and we've been having some cool patio shows so I just want to thank those bands all the bands for being just like so cool about this it's, uh, it's such a fucking bummer to have to email people and let them know that their, their shows cannot happen or they have to happen in, in another way and um, so yeah I just want to say thank you to all of those folks for for hanging tough and and being really understanding that this was completely out of our control and we are doing our damnedest. Growlers has been so fucking cool, man, about having this this music space in their place and being super artist friendly about not charging anything for the room and supplying a sound engineer and a door person most nights. So they are they are definitely doing everything they can to get this music venue back open so that we can continue to just build this really really cool space so um yeah patience is appreciated and um oh this is crazy i just i just uh i just got this text about uh in regards to the uh the incident that went down and uh lee and and bc in there uh from out of bc being uh you know charged with this assaults on uh this dickhead in the make america great again hat and uh it looks like those they've announced that those charges have uh have been dismissed so that is very fucking cool they were supposed to uh find out tomorrow whether that was gonna maybe go to a court case so that that is killer that it's been dismissed because that was uh total bullshit and obviously everything that uh all of, all of the the evidence kind of stacked up against the the dude and his claim that that he was assaulted so um that is that is uh very fucking cool and uh with that with that good news we're gonna we're gonna carry on to episode 
178. Uh, stoked to share this conversation with uh, with Jessa from Jay Graves. This band is, uh, you know, they're going to be playing some shows around town and uh, they've got some tour dates planned. So if you're not in the Portland area and you like what you're here, maybe on the West Coast, then uh, follow them up. Give them a follow if you dig what you hear and uh, and support them. Buy one of these vinyl records if you uh, if you're really into it. And uh, all this music's going to be available on September 13th is the the release date. And beforehand, there will be um, there's already a couple singles on the Bandcamp and in the the Apple Music and Spotify's. There's some tunes to check out now, and and a couple of the ones that we're going to feature including this one, which is, uh, I believe, the first track on the record off the, the, the new record from Jay Graves called Marathon. And uh, this is the, the first jam off of it. It's called New Favorite. Episode 178 is coming at you. Let's do the damn thing.
Crushing it already, I Jessa. really enjoy crushing it. <laughs> I always try to crush it. Personally, I prefer to crush things. <laughs> um, are you ready to dive into this thing? I'm so ready to dive. All right, Jessa. Um, I stumbled upon your music, I guess, late last year, cruising into this new year, and I stumble upon this Jay Graves maybe Bandcamp at the time. I think so. That yeah. had a few songs up there. Mm-hmm. And um, I was uh, I was cruising through those tunes and I kept listening to them over and over and I was very into it like right away and I don't know, seemed to tap into that rawness and kind of like punk rock energy. And uh, yeah, I was into it. So I'm stoked to uh, sit down with you and, and talk to you about your tunes. And I know that this Jay Graves project is kind of this uh, return to music for you. And uh, so I'm stoked to dive into all of that and the marathon record that's coming out. But uh, I figured we start at the beginning of the journey. Let's do it. The beginning of the journey. Um, when are you, What is your early exposure to music? Oh, goodness. Uh, it is quite literally in my blood. Um, my mother um, was a recording artist. Um, she was a Christian recording artist and did a ton um, even before I was born. Um, and then um, later, uh, after I was born, I think I was about four, um, she released her own record on her own record label and yeah, did a ton of like really amazing things. So I, um, can remember like waking up in recording studios and being on the road with her around here regionally. Um, and yeah, just, it's just been a part of me since the very beginning. So very much immersed into that world from the get go. Mm-hmm. Were you personally drawn to music pretty early on um i think in hindsight what i can remember is expressing myself through song like even as like a little little kid like i remember pretty like explicitly this this memory of me sitting on the floor in my parents bathroom getting ready for school and i'm like so seriously just like singing and like just trying to get something out to this melody and my dad just like walks in and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, nothing. I'm just getting ready for school. Um, so I guess in that way, yes, I took piano lessons as a kid and I hated it. Like I just didn't like it. I think that it was challenging to me. And so I liked it for that. But like, it wasn't until I met the guitar that I was really sold and really, uh, took off with it. So, yeah, what were uh was your mom pretty into wanting you to play music as well? well? I was thinking about it. Um and it they weren't like pushing me. I think it came from me. We had a piano in the house. Um we had tons of musical instruments in the house. Um and I would always go in and you know, sit by my mom as she was writing or as she was practicing. Um and so I think that I, I probably if I were to ask my parents, they would be like, oh, yeah, like you asked 
you asked us for this, so yeah. we put you there. So you kind of just gravitated on your own. These Everything was around you. Yeah. And they weren't super <laughs> unpleased or anything that you didn't like the right. piano or anything <laughs> like that right away. No, not at all. Um, I, after the piano, like, had my foray into band um, in school. Um, and, yeah, they, my parents have just always been, like, super, super supportive. What did you so. play in band? Oh, my God. This is amazing. Um, I started with the clarinet. And then, because of my embouchure, I was moved to the only oboe seat in the in the band. So... I was the lone oboe player. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you into it when you were doing that stuff, or was it kind of just whatever? Still, I actually uh, I have some pretty amazing memories of like you know being that like lone snake charmer sound in the band. But I think we had like some specialists like come in and work with us, and remembered feeling this like amazing sense of pride when like everyone was like playing and playing well together and you know those were some of my first performances too so yeah, yeah i loved it enjoying like the ensemble yeah and just working and together to like make this it probably wasn't that beautiful but at the time it like felt really beautiful so yeah do you kind of like start building your own music collection pretty early on too of things that you kind of seeked out on your own or you know what? I listened to a lot of um, like oldies, uh, so like Kissin', like ninety seven point one, right? I think I grew up in Portland, um, okay. so that's like oh, the oldie station here. A real Portlander too. Yeah. Well, technically, I grew up in Camas, Washington, well, but I mean, close enough. Thank you. You know, it's true. <laughs> uh, so I listened to a lot of oldies. Uh, the recess ladies would like test me, like with songs and would always be really surprised that I would like know the words to them. Um, and then I remember the first day that I met Led Zeppelin. I think I was, oh, how old was I? My dad had just gotten a cell phone with texting on it. This I'm dating myself right now, but uh, yeah, I like discovered classic rock. Um, and then from there, like musically, like the, tra the trajectory was like, oh, I met the dead Kennedys and then like that sp like spider webbed out into like new wave and then all of the, you know, subgenres of yeah. like indie rock from there. So that'll fuck your head up when you like get into the dead Kennedys. I feel like, yeah, you know? I was just like, holy shit. What is this music? Yeah, this is my soul. <laughs> let's yeah. let's go like I just like devoured music from that point on. Yeah, I remember I was in high school when I found out about Dead Kennedys and my buddy Sean was the first to show me them and he would bring over these VHS tapes of their performances from the 80s and oh, it was yeah. just insane. Jello was, is so wild. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, I like, it was this like really amazing like slippery slope though from like Dead Kennedys to like Devo. <laughs> like I had a handmade Devo shirt in high school and then like, Susie and the Banshees. And then from Susie and the Banshees, it was like, oh, hey, Jessa, says my uncle, there's this band that you'd like love that sounds a lot like Susie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you should really check them out. And that was like right 
about the time that Fever to Tell released with Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. So that, the rest was history from there. That was that was a, a big thing for you. It was you. so pivotal. I mean, it's I, I'm sure you get it a lot from people hearing your, your music. Like, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah has to be something that comes up often. Yes, and I'm so uh, incredibly grateful and flattered for the comparison. Like, I, it means a lot to me when people say that. Yeah, I mean, it was the first thing that came to my mind when I, when I heard it. For sure, I was just like, oh, this is, this is uh, definitely has a yeah 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 vibe to it, and in in a very authentic way. It doesn't feel like it's some some rip off of so. It just seems like that his. Uh, you know, affected your lens in, in writing music. Oh, that's blue. Blue's getting wild. We love animals Blue's on the podcast. Blue's wild now. Do you want me to shut the door? No, it's fine. Okay. It's I, Most of it won't even come through, and they're just going to be like, what is blue? What are they talking <laughs> about? Uh, Was that dog sparking in the background? Plot twist. Blue is actually the front woman for, <laughs> <laughs> for Jay Graves. Jay Graves. Yeah. Nice. Um, but y- you could just tell that it's, you know, affected your lens, and I... Th- I like that when you can hear people's inspirations come through in their music, you know, and not try to hide from it. I mean, it's cool when you try to mask it too. And obviously when your, your own individual comes out of your, your creativity and whatnot, but I don't know. I think it's, I think it's rad that you, that that's a band that you identify with heavy because it's obviously a band that people bring up a lot when they listen to your music opposed to yeah, like happening. the rando bit, yeah. Which yeah. is like a thing that um, the conversations that you have with folks as a musician, you know, because people are just trying to relate and they're like, oh, you sound like this. Oh, you sound like this. Um, so, yeah, anytime the yeah, yeah, comes up, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> For sure. And we just, uh, as listeners, I think, um, assume a lot about people when you you know dive into their art and you don't actually know anything about them you just you just assume a lot Mm -hmm. so it's interesting um when you started getting into the zeppelin and things like that is that when you kind of figure out that maybe you want to play guitar or something like that or or how does that come about that you start so this classical guitar that's over here is my mom's um, and I write like probably 90% of my songs on that guitar. So that guitar has been around for longer than I have. So like I've had my hands on that thing since I was a baby. Um, and I think that one day I was just like messing around probably like, I was like probably 12 or 13, pick that thing up and just like taught myself some stuff. I don't really even know that you can say it's teaching yourself if you're not like learning anything specifically but I started playing it and starting like started to just gain some understanding around it um not, I've never had any lessons uh but I knew that it made me feel differently than the piano did I knew that like I could spend hours upon hours with it without any kind of break or like I didn't need anything else or realizing that that much time had gone by. Totally, yeah. I was just like completely consumed by it. And so when that started to happen, I think I was, well, it was like my f- freshman year of high school was when I was just like, oh, this is an extension of my being, you know? And are, are you kind of starting to write your own songs right away when you pick it up? Or are you kind of learning covers? 
What did I look? Uh, I at first. At first, it was covers because that's how I think that I learned how, like, how to play things. For sure. Um, yeah, like I learned "Passenger," Iggy Pop and the Stooges. That was one of the first songs oh. that I learned. Um, what else? I was very embarrassingly like obsessed with Cheryl Crow when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, Cheryl has some bangers. But let me tell you what, Tuesday Night Music Club is an amazing record. And like, laugh at me all you will, but wow. No, I'm about it. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. She was like, and for the like for the time, she was doing some pretty big shit in music that like a lot of other women like weren't there where she was. And so... That's a really funny like little influence that I'm sure has affected me in some way. But I think like I started to, so I guess I started learning, yeah, like Cheryl Crow songs, uh, eighth grade and then Owen oh, Weezer too. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Weezer. I mean, that's, you know, everybody, everybody has their, uh, their Weezer time. I yeah. feel like, um, I just outed my Weezer time. <laughs> so while you're growing up is the whole time is your mom still pursuing this this music career? She wasn't. No. Um there was a a turning point where um she was going to have to be gone for 300 plus days out of the year and I was a 4-year-old and so it was like this is probably isn't going to work for the current family arrangement. Yeah. So she still performed around town, but didn't go off and do any, like, super big stuff outside of, like, Washington, Oregon. Uh, when you started writing your own music, assumingly in high school, is that when you started doing that? If you picked up the guitar? Yeah, I... Uh, l the first, like, real songs that I wrote, yeah, yeah. I'll say. And, uh... Like when you, I don't know, when you first started playing, were, did you have a goal in mind with it that you wanted to do something with it or were you just enjoying what you were doing? Um, I, I think both. Um, and I've learned this about myself recently is that I'm incredibly like driven towards goals and results. Um, so yeah, like as a kid, like I had like, a kid a teenager I had track lists up on my walls because like I wanted to have a set list because I wanted to play out like I wanted to play shows I wanted to record a record I wanted to yeah like I I figured out pretty early on that like music was what I wanted to be doing and knowing that your mom did all that did that inform that to any point of just knowing that you could do that as a career possibly that it was like a tangible thing because she had done it to some level of success i think that i had like the really almost cliche like making it dream for a really long time yeah I had um, that dream. and that's not to say that it's not that you know that wasn't a positive thing in my life 
Um, I think that uh, as I got older, I realized that the reality of that um, is not an impossibility, but is not as probable. Uh, so like I haven't like I've never gone all in if you will like I've never like quit my job and like just done music so uh would I love for that to be my reality like yes hands down um and I'm I'm trying at this point more than I have ever before so very cool um when uh when do you start getting like pretty serious about the songs you're writing and, and kind of putting a band together and, and performing out. Cause I know before Jay Graves, there's the helicopter stuff. Yeah. And that picked up some traction. Yeah. Um, so a helicopter was my like solo moniker for a while. Um, I think, I think I was 15 when I came up with helicopter. Um, and so I wrote under that name and tracked like all the instruments, like, I had a little home recording set up. I had a, like a beat machine. I had a, actually, it was a Korg Electra. I don't know why I like downplay. It was like a really neat like rhythm synthesizer. And like I had Pro Tools and knew my way around recording and um, put some stuff out like solo in high school. And then met. You were doing all that in high school? You yeah. Know? Yeah. I Damn, like. That's killer. I kind of like forgot about it, like, which is really, really interesting. I put out two EPs before I turned 18. Like. So, yeah, so that stuff, would you say most of that stuff, just the production end of it and learning the engineering, obviously, I'm sure it took a lot of time and, and hours to put into it, but does all that come to you pretty naturally or make sense to you kind of easily in some way? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, it Yes, and when things would come up that were a struggle or a challenge for me, it was easy to dedicate time to figuring it out because it was something that I just wanted so badly. Yeah, do you think it kind of increases your attachment to everything too, knowing that you put all the work into like making these productions, not only writing the songs, but then figuring oh, out a way to transfer them? Absolutely. For sure. So, so high school, you get pretty serious about writing some tunes and yeah. Uh, and then I met my like arguably like my I'm not gonna say music soulmate, but like my music like family. Uh, I met my drummer Daniel Glavin in high school. Uh, he was a drummer for Helicopter, um, and then I moved to LA and played music down there for a minute and then came back to Vancouver slash Portland. And then myself, Daniel, and my girlfriend at the time, we started up Helicopter as a three-piece. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, start playing shows around town? Yeah, we did. Um, one of the first places we played in Portland was the Ash Street Saloon. R.I.P.? That's right. Rest in peace. Um, which is actually how I met my current bass player, um, Barrett Stolte. He was the booker and he was one of the first people in Portland to like give us a shot, basically. Yeah. Um, and we 
got to do a lot of cool things like really quickly for that band. Uh, like what? Um, we like, we ended up making friends with a band at the time um, called the Angry Orts. Sarah Hernandez, if you are listening to this, hello. <laughs> um, and th- at the time they had like this really neat little boutique like booking label called the House Organ. Um, and she uh, was amazing and like really helped us. Um, so we played with them, got to play Doug Fur like f- way before we had the draw for it, definitely. Like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm like, wow, how do I... Can I like remember us? Hi, let us come play there. Um, and then like we got to play a TED Talk, um, which was really friggin' cool. Probably one of the coolest things I've ever done. Um, Did something like that lead to like exposure further? Like after that? Yeah, we had some folks that were ready to like back the band. Um, okay. So it was like thousands of. Because the the whole thing was uh, obviously like live streamed and available. So a lot of people found out about your band from that, mm-hmm. and a lot of people paid attention from it also. Because that doesn't always happen, even if you get like the placement or the exposure. You right. know, sometimes that yeah falls by the wayside, but seemed to click in for some some folks. Yeah, I think so. Um, and we were kind of ready to like catapult off from there. Um, and then stuff happens and it kind of fell apart. So. Yeah. Um, did all of that success kind of happening quickly create kind of like a false sense of like what this this business can be a little bit? No, nothing like that. Um, and I won't... I, I'd love to remain vague here, which I yeah, that's totally know is cool. like probably annoying. No, it's, um, I it's yeah, not. I just I think that uh, change is constant and everything has a season and that season for that band at the time was was done. Um, tried to get it back going with some different members um, and it just like wasn't wasn't working yeah fair yeah. enough fair yeah. enough i'm not trying to you know pull out the nitty nitty gritty i'll tell you i'll tell you the, off, uh, i'll tell you off microphone oh dang <laughs> no that's, that's totally cool i was just trying to gain some some context for this like return to to music and whatnot yeah um, because i know that's kind of a big part of the story of of what this jay graves project is yeah um so you after that fell apart then you just kind of decided take a break put down the tunes for a bit man i like not consciously i did not decide that i just like i think i really got my little heart busted all up um and like i'm sorry no no no, you're good yeah i just like stopped yeah when you when you say just like the heart busted up is it was it just like the amount of energy put in to the project that you were a part of and then just to kind of see it disappear or not be in existence kind of thing. I think that and, you know, again, coming back to that, like, want and hope and dream of, like, 
making you know i'm using air quotes like yeah. making it in music and i really thought that that band was going to be able to do it for sure yeah so you kind of go through this this period of time where you just kind of want to disconnect from it and reevaluate some things i man i i don't think i even had that much insight into it it was just like i just kind of shut down yeah like all things creative at that point? Yeah, for like the most part. Like I didn't play my instruments. I didn't write anything. I, I write some. So I think that maybe I had like tried to like half-ass like write some things. But um, yeah, there was like a long time where I was not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that started to bug you out a little bit? Not playing the tunes? Yeah. I mean, I think that I even, like, would get, and this is some vulnerability right here, I, like, get resentful of people that were, like, out and playing and, like, why can't I do that? Like, that kind of thing. I'm not saying it makes sense or is logical at all, like, totally irrational thinking, but, like, yeah, like, it, it really, really affected me. I think that's pretty natural to like feel like that too, though, and understandable to wonder why why you can't be doing it or why you're not doing it. Yeah, then, yeah, it's kind of a mind fuck. It was awful. I like now I get really cranky if I don't get to touch my guitar every single day. Like, wow. But uh, yeah, like looking back at it, like I wasn't myself i was a shell of a person i wasn't happy uh i wasn't doing what i was supposed to be doing yeah do you feel feel like i would assume that music is very important to your mental then like your mental health absolutely um yeah i don't know that's something i've definitely learned about myself too is is how important the expression of anything creative is but especially picking up the guitar and singing some songs, even if it's just for me in that space and, and, you know, freeing myself of some of those emotions inside, you know, it, that it can, it can shift the entire day. If I just sit there for 20 minutes and, and play some tunes and, you know, it's a, uh, it's an interesting thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that there's actually some like physiological changes and some hormonal changes that come with that as well um endorphins and it's just it's good for you helps with your stress response system and yeah i just i can't like i i won't ever stop again yeah what do you what did you uh learn during that period of time of, of kind of distancing yourself from the tunes uh nothing else will ever equate to writing and performing and recording and being a musician like there's there's just nothing else that will equal that for me that's a powerful thing yeah. <laughs> it's a powerful thing to realize i think yeah and i mean i'm it's so it's so funny to like just be able to sit here and be like well i'm mad that you know i stopped for so long but i'm also grateful because now like i truly have an understanding of what what it what it means to like not 
have that, like, because of that juxtaposition. Like, I, yeah, I just have this appreciation and, and gratitude for it that, like, I haven't ever had, so. Yeah. Perspective mm-hmm. is. Uh, oh gosh, yes. Yeah, some sometimes you got to learn that a weird way. Uh-huh. I think to like the to, hard way to gain that perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's that that hard way thing. But you know, yeah, it it informs the uh, hopefully the good times ahead, or you know, creating a a more productive path, or you know, absolutely a more fruitful one. Hopefully, on a personal and. What a, whatever other level you want it to be. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, well, cool. Let's let's jump into a track off this uh, this new marathon record that's going to drop here. Let's do on, it on September thirteenth. That's, that's release right. day. That's this right. uh, this record. Are you putting like a vinyl out? I am. Yeah. Because I thought I saw maybe in the SoundCloud photos in that private link. In that private link. In that link. private link that yeah, you were Dan so Cable generous has, to. <laughs> Dan Cable has exclusive access <laughs> no, to... No, I saw a picture of that vinyl. I was record. like, I wonder if that's real. I wonder if that's a thing. It is, yeah. Actually, it's. Uh, it will be in production at Cascade Record Press on Monday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cutting awesome. it close. Uh, yeah, I have had the darndest time. Um, but you know what? You live and you learn. And hopefully the record is done for the release show on the 14th. <laughs> Um, that seems to be a common thing with uh, vinyl in general of just it being very difficult to nail down and make sure that it's r- ready on the right day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it always seems to be a, a mess of some sort. It's a challenge. And I was like, that's not going to happen to me. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to give it a, I gave it a four month lead time. Four months. Damn. <laughs> it seems like you're quite ahead of the game. Yeah, there have been some hiccups, but you know what? We're good. Everything, uh, This it's the most ideal situation, so. Yeah. Is that um, a reflection of the importance of this batch of tunes to you that you want to put it on wax? And This is another one of those, like, I've always wanted this. And uh, this period of my life right now is so symbolically like I am doing things that I have ultimately failed at in the past. Um, I am, as we so jokingly like started this talk off with, I'm like crushing these things right now. So um, yeah, this was, this is one of them getting a record out and putting it out on vinyl. Right on. I'm stoked about it. I'm going to get one. For sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> there you will are. be a Jay Graves vinyl in my my collection. It'll be a special Dan Cable edition. <laughs> test copy, That's hopefully. Right. I actually uh, I will I, I will give you a test pressing. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. I feel so special. You should. It'll be actually it'll be even more special. So like if if you're a collector of any sort, I'll give you one that was a rejected test pressing. Oh, so what? Yeah, that's the one I want rare. right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's yours. I'll Indeed, give you a one. collector. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Well, we're gonna we're gonna play a track, a little sneak peek at maybe one of these tracks that is not available on the streaming services. So we're gonna play this 11 track, which is one of my favorites on the record. And uh, this is Jay Graves. Oh, it's hard to see the way we're coming. 
Good evening, everyone. This is <laughs> Jessa and Dan from Jessa's Couch. <laughs> Back welcome, in action. Welcome to the evening Dan Cable News. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to hear the yeah. Dan Cable News. Here's the news. <laughs> yeah, they get enough of that in the, in the monologues and intros yeah. of the podcast. We'll let Blue tell the news. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so what... What inspires you to uh, to get this thing going and get this Jay Graves project and kind of come out of this this hiatus and start playing some tunes and writing music? Yeah, this this is like twofold. Um, I was going through a super horrific breakup um, and had actually started to write my first song that I had. Like I hadn't touched music in, I think about, it had been like four years at that point. So I start writing this song and I get this email from Barrett Stolte. Um, bass player, correct? Current bass player I at the time. Attention. Yes. <laughs> Two points for you. <laughs> we'll total the points at the end. Um, so I get this email from Barrett and we had... I think we played like a show or I had done, he had, he had let me book a, like a fundraiser event at Ash Street. So like we had kept in touch, but like he and I hadn't like our bands hadn't played a show in like a couple years and he's really good at dates. So he'll probably listen to this and be like, actually it had been like X amount of days. Um, it's a really amazing gift that he has. Um, so he emails me and is like, hey, I don't know what you're doing with music right now, if anything, but you should be. So my friend Damien and I are putting together a project and we wonder if you'd like to test it out and see if you'd like to be a part of it. Um, and so myself and Barrett and uh, Barrett's friend called Damien, who's an amazing human as well, um, and a woman by the name of Megan, uh, we all meet up at this practice space which is now uh, the Jay Graves practice space. Um, and we like play through some stuff. And I was like, you guys want to hear this thing that I'm working on? And we kind of like played on that. Um, and we hung out afterwards at the Kenton Club. And I just like had this super strong epiphany. And I sat down with Barrett and I was like, look, like I... Uh, love that we came together. Uh, I need to write a record. Like I need to have a project and I need to put out a record. If you would like to be a part of that, I would love for you to be a part of that. Um, and so I owe a huge thank you. Um, and I hope that Barrett hears it enough that like I uh, really credit um, a lot of that to him for reaching out. Like that's so powerful. Yeah, that's that's amazing just to have somebody telling you like you need to be doing this yeah. if you're not doing it um was that also you kind of letting him know i like maybe this isn't the right the particularly the right thing but like i'm stoked that we came together to do this but i want it to be like it's my music that mm -hmm. i want to play with you and whatnot yeah precisely for sure and and then do you just kind of start cranking out tunes from there and going home and, and writing a bunch? Um, what happened from there? Uh, from there, um, Daniel 
the drummer from Helicopter came back into the picture and we wrote some songs, tracked a demo in, when was that? We tracked a demo in 2016? Yeah. So like late after that, after that summer. Or was it 2017? Ooh. <laughs> Somewhere in there, we tracked a demo. Daniel played drums on the demo. It was 2016. That's when it was. Um, and then I we played our release show for this little three track. Um, and then I traveled a bunch in 2017. Um, I was in Europe. And um, it wasn't until like towards the end of 2017, it got sick. I don't know what happened. Uh, and had this like massive, massive life shift. Um, I quit smoking. I reevaluated my relationship with alcohol. I started exercising, started running. Um, so having some, some real health scares. Yeah. Uh, and wanted to give myself the best chance possible in the event that it was something really scary. Yeah. Uh, it ended up being inconclusive and uh, very, like, thankfully, I am in tip-top shape now. So that's great. Um, again, with, like, that perspective and getting it, uh, man, I have so much respect for... Uh, respect and gratitude for people who deal with chronic illness and chronic pain. I can't, I just like my heart for you. Like, wow. E those folks are incredible. Um, and so after, after that, like, I, like I literally had this moment where I like left the doctor and I, and it was a, a night that I had band practice and I was like, holy shit. Like, what if I'm dying? You know, like mortality isn't often thrust in, into your face. And yeah. I'm not saying that I was, I like, I don't want to diminish, like, I don't want to diminish it in any way, but like, I really like was so terrified in that moment. And I was just like, well, crap. Like I had one of the best band practices of my entire life that night. Uh, and yeah, that was kind of like this tipping point of like, all right, I, I'm gonna, um, I need to do what I love and I need to I need to be good to my body and to my mind um and to to just my my soul. So Yeah. Was it it was just also the the health scare kind of make you realize what you should like that you should be doing what you want to do with your life as far as creating and playing music? Yeah, I think that, so around the same time, um, I started to see a therapist as well, uh, which I'm also very grateful for, because um, I was dealing with um, the worst depression that I'd ever had in my entire life. Um, yeah, like the years leading up to like 2018 were the hardest years of my life. Um, a marathon, if you will. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh so just I think that it was a culmination of so many different things. And I actually like had a session where I like told my therapist, I'm like, 
I don't think this is, I don't think this is ever going to happen. Like the way that I thought it was ever going to happen. And I'm like, I need to like let that go. And that makes me so incredibly like sad. Uh, and like just really felt like a lot of loss over this, I mean, this like child, like, like it was a dream. It was a dream that I had for so long. And uh, I like needed to let go of it in that form and then kind of came back to it being like, oh, wait, I can do this however I want. Like, yeah. Uh, and I need to. I'm not going to be a real person if I don't. So, for sure. So, you've kind of just reevaluated what you're your meaning of success with this thing is a little bit? I have I have very clearly defined attainable goals now moving into this. And I'm what am I gonna do, Dan? I'm gonna I'm gonna crush it. You're gonna crush it. You're gonna crush it. Oh my god, everybody listening to this, I don't I don't often say crush. Oh, you do now. Is it you do now? Just Jay Graves is now synonymous with crushing. I hope you text me tomorrow that you've been saying crush all day or something, you know. All right, I guess I say it now. Um I appreciate you um just opening up about those things, especially like the the therapy thing. I I definitely had my run with that a couple years ago of just having a time, a real hard time where I I um having that perspective of kind of looking back on that time is is like wow i was not doing well no yeah and it was a very it was a it was a sketchy um some sketchy months in there where i felt so uncomfortable about like even going outside or whatever or or just constantly worrying that i was going to have some sort of panic attack in public or and uh therapy was huge for me and i I just kind of did like a 15 week thing with it and uh it's probably something i'll revisit in in the future um and hopefully not at that breaking point this time but um yeah i just appreciate the openness about that because it was definitely something that's been super helpful to me and and something i can't can't recommend enough to people is to to kind of have this person that has no bias in your life to be able to uh to kind of reach out to or or help help you figure things out and and work through absolutely and um we also just need to talk about it more too. We need to normalize uh, just mental health. Um, getting the dialogue out there, I think, is really, really important. Um, and if uh, you are fortunate enough to have um, mental health care available to you, yes, I would encourage everyone. I wish ev- I wish everyone could have a therapist. Um, uh, and I am very grateful for um, for mine, certainly. Um, what is this? What is this collection of tunes on on Marathon represent for you? I know it's a oh, lot. Goodness. But, um, what's what's packed into this thing? Yeah. Uh, so Marathon is, as you would guess, a big old symbol. Um, marathon is. Um, Marathon is an evolution of myself. Marathon is a chapter close. Marathon is the end. And it's also the beginning. Um, Marathon is opening the floodgates so that 
like, man, marathon is, is, is me just getting started. Um, and so like, I'm so grateful to get these songs out. Um, and I'm so friggin' excited to write more. Oh man. Like it's uh, so ready. Have you always been super comfortable, um, just fronting the band and, and being in that space and kind of, uh, you know, bearing your soul in front of folks? Has that been something that's come naturally to you? I don't really know how to do it any other way. Um, I mean, certainly, like, my comfortability has increased uh, even over the last year. Like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm, we are such a we are just such a better band now um as far as like very ironically like I didn't ever want to be a singer (laughs) I wanted to be known for my guitar playing um that was a really like big uh they always rubbed me the wrong way when someone was like oh you play music oh are you a singer um and I have in the last couple years really have been like oh yeah like I'm a singer like this is what I do like I am here like my presence on this stage is an offering to you the listener like this is everything that I have inside of me and I am giving it to you because I am so grateful for your ears and you being here and you affording me the opportunity to literally do the thing that I love most in this world um I don't always remember my performances which sounds kind of interesting um I just go out onto that stage and it's just everything comes out of me just leave it out there yeah yeah it's that's i mean i think that's the the magic or you know tapping into that the thing when you when you do feel that comfortable to be able to leave it all out there like that and i think it's a powerful powerful thing to to do and to like observe you know somebody doing so and you know to go back to the guitar playing i think i i've not seen your band play live yet um but i've only heard like great things the one show you played at the library like everybody that works there and people that showed up there's like oh you should definitely have jay graves back like (laughs) please have that band back and um but even listening to recordings it seems like you have a very cool uh style of guitar playing and i think it's like a unique thing thank you i i another thing that i have come to like notice and appreciate yeah i do have a i do have a style you do have a style it's recognizable throughout your entire record yeah and it's uh these really interesting uh up (laughs) uh picks and up just like uh, my rhythm is uh and i could maybe venture a guess into where it comes from i've been like trying to piece it together but yeah i like it's so interesting, like being coming back to like being in it, being a teenager and like longing for like, oh, I wish I had a style. Oh, I wish I had a process. Like, oh, I wish I had all of these things. And now I'm like, oh, 
you were literally developing those things during that time. And now I do have a style. I do have a process. Yeah. And now we're talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking it down. Yeah. Um, because there's like so much emotion wrapped up in, in these tunes, mm -hmm. when you're performing live, do you feel like that's freeing yourself of, of that in some way? Or just a uh, a reminder of like a place that you don't want to be anymore or I've had this conversation uh, before and I think that the meaning and the emotion behind each song uh, is not static it changes very much so um, and so when I was going through a breakup and I wrote uh, that song 11 um, that song then meant something very, very different than it does to me now. Uh, and I sing it differently and it feels different when I, when I play it now. Um, but I think that there's this like very raw, um, it's, it's, it, it's a, it's like a situ situationally agnostic, just gut wrench. Like it, it's not necessarily tied to one thing or a couple things. It's just like it's just this this. Um, yeah, I I can almost like it's it's very hard to articulate, but it's just it's everything. It's it's what yeah. you said. Like it's it's leaving everything out there. Yeah, for sure. Well, it was very cool. I I like the music quite a bit. It's it's to me it's kind of like a very nice balance between like the raw punk rock thrashiness with with some very cool like hooks and and pop sensibilities in there as well. Thank you. And um there's there's so many killer tracks on the record. Um Leap Year is probably my my favorite. That's up there. That Leap Year jam. Leap Year was was that was that return leap year was that song that brought it all back um there's some i don't know when i listen to that jam i hear like super early no doubt vibes like some of that like that's so interesting i've def like i've gotten that a couple times and i'm like not mad about it like no you shouldn't be it's like those first few no doubt and, and even like further yeah. like they they did a lot of different stuff later on but as far as like that raw energy and just bitching delivery and attitude, I feel like there's to like when I listen to it, I, I hear some of that in Leap Year and some other tunes. It's just some of your, yeah. yeah I just think I will, it's a similar attitude. I will take that. Thank it. you. Yeah. Oh, and I mean so it funny. as like a very high compliment for sure. So what? I yeah. would have brought it up otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. What was, what record was Just a Girl on? Uh, that's on Tragic Kingdom. I was super obsessed with that song when I was, yeah. oh, geez, 12, 11? That record came out when I was eight, and I got it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I got it. Um, but, yeah, just just lots of killer tunes, and there's a lot of different dynamic to it, I think, like with 11. and. Um, that song is so fun to play. And, uh, yeah, like that song has like the nastiest breakdown on it where it just shifts into this other thing for like a couple, mm -hmm. like 
I don't know, for a very short period of time. And you know what I'm talking about, uh-huh. right? All right, it's cool. A br- it is a breakdown. It's a breakdown. It's totally a breakdown. It's super nasty, and I love <laughs> it. And that was a huge reason I wanted to play that song on here. But I think we're going we're gonna to play it out with Cabin, but I think that has like a similar heaviness to it. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of cool different stuff going on Thank throughout you, the record. Dan. Thank you. I appreciate all your words there. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm stoked for you that you have uh, you have returned to this thing that is so clearly like such a huge part of you, and it's it's very cool to see how much how much it means to you and whatnot. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back, and I'm I'm very grateful, grateful beyond grateful to be here. So groovy. Um, we end every episode of the podcast with the, the guest of the show saying the tagline, which is, it's a program. So if we can get the Jessa, the Jay Graves, it's a program. We can properly sail this thing out. So it's a program. Just like that. Like you've already done it. Mm-hmm. You did it. Do you want me to do it again? You can do it as many times as you want. It's a program. There it is. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> I love it. Um, Thank you so much for for hanging out and and opening up about your your tunes and the things that you've been through. It was very very cool to get to to hang and chat it up with you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this and for your work uh, in our Portland music community. Absolutely, it's a it's a very cool thing to get to be a part of. So I'm, I'm very very grateful for all of the uh, amazing artists around me to to inspire this thing. Um, the new record, I'll put all the, the links in the episode notes so people can, can follow you there. I'll put like your Instagram handle and, and all that so they can follow along with Jay Graves. Encourage people to, uh, to follow. And uh, it's going to hit the, the Spotify's and the iTunes on release day as yep. well. Spotify, iTunes, release day. Please, please, please come um, to our release show uh, September 14th at High Water Markets of Vortex presents event uh it's gonna be one hell of a show my mom will be singing with me what yeah that's amazing up here for it um so she's gonna sing some backups that's beautiful Uh, we have some surprises in store surprises um this is really like this has been in the works uh since the beginning of the year and um i'm so excited so please come join us and it's I promise you it'll be the best eight bucks you've spent. Hell yeah. All year. See, you're doing the thing. Doing the thing. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, all right, everybody. That's the Jelly Jams. We're going to play it out with uh, with Cabin off of the, the marathon record from Jay Graves. It's out next week. Go find it. And uh, we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Maybe I thought you could save me.
It's a program.